1: It up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings VidCast Network. I'm Bruce Nolan. Where's Nate Geary? And this is Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F words. That's right, it is food and football, with the third one being foie gras, because we're fancy. So I guess that's four Fs. On a Friday night like this, When Nate decides that he's going to abandon me yet again, I am forced to come to you, my humble listeners, with my hands open and my heart open so that you can help me direct and monitor and steer the direction of this show this evening. So make sure that you're active in the comment section if you're here with me live on YouTube and we were going to kind of have a little bit of fun as a reminder that if you're sending a YouTube super chat any YouTube super chat, that is greater than $5, make sure to get a screenshot of that super chat and a screenshot of you following at Genesee brewery on Twitter, and then DM at Nate Geary sports proof, all the super chat and the Genesee follow to get your pint glass. That's right. We got pint glasses to be given out from our sponsor, genesee brewing company since 1878 genesee has poured generations of brewing knowledge into each pint can and bottle of their beer they make no sacrifices when it comes to their beer brewing each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience look for genesee beer genesee light cream ale and their specialty line with beers like ruby red and oktoberfest genesee brewery rochester new york you know i kind of feel like we have things to talk about Today, we got people in the comment section. John says, Barooze. We got stuff to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. Autumn says, Go Bills. We have plenty of stuff to get through because I feel like it's been kind of a big week in the NFL. And I feel like because of that, there are things we kind of need. We're compelled, obligated to talk about. But we're going to start with this. If the last few days were a food what kind of food would they be and you know normally this is the time when Nate would come in and he would have some sort of metaphor and he would really hit it hard and I'd have to kind of one-up him but I don't have to one-up him now because he's not here so for me if the last few days were a food they would be this food the last few days would be getting the surprise birthday at a restaurant. You know how sometimes you go to a restaurant and it's a normal everyday occurrence where you just go there. Maybe it's an Applebee's. Maybe it's a general family kind of pub and bar environment and you're having a normal dinner and all of a sudden people start coming out and they start clapping and you're like, oh, cool. Hey, it's somebody's birthday. And then you realize the guy across from you Actually, told the waiter it was your birthday, even when it's not your birthday. And you're kind of like weirdly embarrassed by the attention, but at the same time, you kind of get a free scoop of ice cream and a free little mini brownie. And you're like, I'm really excited. I kind of feel awkward about what I'm supposed to do with my hands right now because I really wasn't expecting this. I wasn't prepared for this kind of excitement. I wasn't ready. It's a good thing, but I'm not sure what to do with my hands. That's what the last few days were like for me. It was like the birthday brownie, specifically the surprise birthday brownie that you get at a restaurant. Because you're fine with Applebee's. Applebee's is fine. No one's ever been like, oh, man, Applebee's is the greatest restaurant in the world. But no one's ever been like, Applebee's is trash. It's fine. It's whatever. It is what it is. But then you get a free birthday brownie. And is there a better food than free food? I don't know. Maybe not everybody's as cheap as me, but for me, free food is the best food. And so, we were set up for reasonable, fine singles and doubles. Brandon Bean flat out said, "You know, I don't. I don't think we're going to be, you know, big upper upper echelon sort of spenders this off season." And then, boom, boom, Von Miller, six year, one hundred twenty million dollar contract. I know it's not actually that. But that's the tweet you get, and you go, what the? What just happened here? You know, it's ironic because tonight's guest on the show, Dan Fates from WHAM13, one of my absolute favorite members of the Bills media, actually just tweeted out a few minutes ago a funny, so make sure you follow him, at Dan Fates, F-E-T-E-S, on Twitter. And he actually just tweeted out a clip of Brandon Bean at the beginning of the offseason going, eh, you know, I don't think we're going to be a really significant player. And then a few moments later, and then it shows Von Miller. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. So for me, it's the birthday brownie, but we've got some other sort of takes from the comments. JR says Russian hackers got Bruce's camera. I know. I know. Another week down, guys. And I know. I'm sorry. Listen, there's nothing more in the world that I want to do than to be here on camera with you. Really? It's just really the fundamental cry of my heart to be on camera with you. And I just, I can't do it. So I'm I'm really, I'm really hurt. He says a Brazilian steakhouse, all you can eat, awesome food goodness. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, JR, in the comment section, because this brings up interesting because Skeeter also says it's an overwhelming buffet. And Richard Rush says an endless meat buffet. Let me ask you this. Would you all still feel this way if you took out one signing? If you took out Von Miller, would you still feel like this? Because that's important. Because in my opinion, if you take out the Von Miller signing and your entire view on it changes, then I don't know if you can go with all-you-can-eat buffet, can you? Is that the appropriate metaphor at that point? John Curran says, with dry chocolate cake from a restaurant. Happy, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Yes, there's always that one chant that every restaurant does. Like, happy, happy birthday, blah, 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 blah. Hey, and they're always so incredibly unenthused when they do it because they've done it like four times that evening. It's the most lackadaisical kind of annoyance. Like, I hate my life. They're clapping, but it's not even barely in rhythm. There's no noise. There's death behind their eyes. It's awesome. You can tell that I've never worked at a place like that before. (laughs) RJ in the comments says, Nate would say the first time eating a Japanese Wagyu steak, which would be appropriate. You don't expect something that amazing when you first start eating it and then you're surprised by how good it is. Okay. I'm cool with this metaphor, except it would have to be somebody who would be ordering and eating a Wagyu steak without ever actually knowing about Wagyu steak. Because if you did, then your expectations would be crazy high going into it. So Jason Springer says, it's a Brazilian steakhouse, but this is why. Just when you thought you were full, they come out with the most prime cut and you find room to eat more. That's right. We have a second stomach designed specifically around second steaks. That's a real thing. Kendall says, Bruce is in too deep. He can't turn back now. Kendall, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I I can't. I'm too invested at this point. I can't turn back. Uh, Reminder, follow Kendall on Twitter at Mercy Kendall. That's M-I-R-S-K-Y-K-E-N-D-A-L-L. Does really good work for the gentleman over at Cover One. So just plug there. Joe Marino says, last time I ate Applebee's, I requested barbecue sauce and the server left and purchased some from a nearby grocery store because they were out. She placed the bottle on my table and told me what she did. You know what? That's service right there. That's service. That's a commitment to customer service. I am going to get you that daggone barbecue sauce come hell or high water. I hope she got an amazing tip. I hope you got an amazing tip. John Curran says, twiddle. Yes, twiddle. Uh, Twiddling my thumbs on Twitter, so it kind of works. It kind of works like that. Alex Spencer says, I would feel good about the signings without Miller's deal. We added players at positions of need before the draft at reasonable cost. I was perfectly content before Miller, but he was the surprise. I think you were one. Of the ones who was rare in that opinion, Alex, because right after this JD McKissick situation went down and then back to back with that comes the notice that Chandler Jones has signed elsewhere. I feel like Bill's mafia was in a bad place there on social media for a little bit. I had my thumb on that and it was, it was uh, not really all that pleasant. So. You, my man, are one of the few who was completely cool with it at that time. So for me, if the last few days were a food, they were the surprise non-birthday birthday birthday brownie. But we are going to talk a little bit about going back for seconds. Yes, that's right. I can turn anything into a food metaphor, anything in the entire world I can turn into a food metaphor. And it's going back for seconds. So Brandon Bean said during his press conference today that the Bills were basically at the cap. Basically at the cap. But per Joe Buscaglia of the Athletic, he was including the deal that they've got earmarked for a backup quarterback. So allow the speculation to begin. That speculation was very short-lived because Matt Barkley tweeted out, let's go Buffalo, which made everyone think, well, maybe he's coming back. and. I'm going to go into this a little bit more when I get to the Bruce exclusive next week, but I, last year, got on my little soapbox, and I stood on there, and I said, oh, captain, my captain, except, oh, back up my backup. I said, oh, back up my backup, because I wanted badly for the Bills to have a reasonable backup quarterback, and they went out and got one, and I felt a little bit more comfortable with Mitchell Trubisky this year than I have in a long time. When it came to Buffalo Bills backup quarterbacks. So for me, if it's just Matt Barkley, I'm not going to be thrilled about that. Just so you're all aware, I know everyone loves Bitcoin Barkley. I like Bitcoin Barkley too. I just don't want him to actually have to play any meaningful snaps. And that's kind of the point of spending money on a backup quarterback. Skeeter, thank you so much for the super chat. Skeeter says, Bruce's camera fund. <laughs> That's right. I definitely, that's, that's it. You know what? Skeeter, we are, we are one step closer to Bruce's camera. Thanks so much for being a part of it, man. I really appreciate it. I, thanks so much. Carl says, after all the stuff with Watson today, it's a nice detox to listen to Bruce. Guys, it is a necessary detox for me to talk to you. So thank you for being here. I will tell you right now that at the very end of this show, after all of it's said and done, and we get to the winners and losers, you're probably going to hear about the show and Watson. Just so you're aware. It's, it, it's coming at the very end of the show. We're going to have a good old time. We're going to talk about the Bills. And then right before I close on a Friday night, I'm going to go off on some horrible rant that no one will ever be able to recover from. And just so you're aware, that's that's going to be it. But that's not important right now because we have the man of the hour with me right now. Mr. Dan Fates is here with me. Dan, thank you so much for being here, dude. I really appreciate that.
2: I really appreciate coming on. I feel like I got big shoes to fill, like big fan of the program. It's like the first time, long time listener, first time caller. So I I really appreciate having me on, man. Well, I went out of my way
1: at the very beginning of the show to say, hey, you know, this is my first time getting a chance to do a show with Dan. I'm a big Dan fan. You guys don't know this. Okay. But Dan is also a member of the dynasty fantasy football league that Nate and I are in that we're always talking about. And Dan and I have done some wheeling and dealing he and I, before. And so I've always really liked Dan because he's always really upfront with you. He's always like, yeah, I can do this. I can't do this. And there's there's no shady, underhanded deals. He doesn't try to lowball the crap out of you with stuff. And it's just, I've said before, you learn a lot about people from the way they play fantasy football. And let me just tell you, Dan went up a couple notches in my book from that. But Dan, I, I got to start off right away by saying that we have a food simile to get to. And the food simile for this week is the Bills free agent signings make me feel like, and I told you when we were coming in to do this, I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do food similes on this. And Nate has this theory that sometimes we blindside guests with these food similes. And I'm like, listen, man, you know, we show them the outline. We send it to them. They're going to be fine. So I don't think you're going to have a hard time because, you know, Nate kind of got stomped by me last week on the food similes thing. So. I don't think you're going to have a hard time beating him, but what you got for me?
2: Well, I thought it was interesting too, because the fact of, I I knew what a simile was. So I knew I was at least in the ballpark. I I didn't feel blindsided. Um, And also when you sent this to me and and we had planned on on doing it this week, it was also um, before a Von Miller signing, which made me change at least a little bit of what I thought (laughs) about my simile. So the Bills free Agency so far has made me feel like my simile is, made me feel like if you don't have a good head chef, don't bother opening a restaurant. Meaning oh, that's good. all of these quarterbacks, and, that, and that's part of it. But I, I've seen what Jacksonville has done this offseason, and it's great, and it's spending money, and that, that's all fine and dandy. And, and guess what? The Bills have done that in previous off seasons, right? They've spent a lot of money, and you go, oh, okay. And, and even before the Von Miller signing, I thought, they're fine signings. Like, you know, they're they're good pieces, but I I didn't really expect a huge splash. I I took Brandon Bean for his word when he said at at his end of the year press conference of of the fact that he goes, you know, we're not going to be big spenders, but the bills didn't have to do any recruiting, at least publicly. I saw a lot of social media about one guy or another. Matthew Judon was the big one in New England going on social media, you know, pretty much begging players to come. And then all of a sudden, at the end of it, they didn't get anybody. And, and he posts sad emojis, and Bill's fans got a big kick out of it. it the fact of the matter is, is that Josh Allen didn't need to post anything on Twitter to get players to come with him. Players wanted to play with Josh Allen. And I, and I think for Bill's fans, um, it, it, it's just the best time that you can experience, that, that you have a guy. And I said it before. I think Josh Allen is in that rare category right now. I said at the end of the season where he was almost – unanimously liked both on and off the field i thought his little cameo at the espies or the nfl honors was was chef's kiss like 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 it was that was one of those moments where everybody's like man this guy's really funny like he gets it like like that is where the bills are so that's what makes this free agency where it's just different where you know, I've, I've joked around before i, I didn't take it I, I don't know who exactly said it but Trying to figure out the salary cap or trying to understand the salary cap is like trying to nail smoke to a wall. And this is a time where Brandon Bean can say, hey, we, you know, we're kind of strapped, you know, against the cap. Now like, you can figure it out and you can figure it out because you have your quarterback. And that just changes everything. So just like a good restaurant, like there are great restaurants down in, in Nola and they got rats running around in it, right? But guess what? They got great chefs. And so you're you're happy with the food, but you could have a great looking restaurant if you don't got a good chef that's putting good food out, that's getting people in the door, don't bother opening a restaurant. You see, everybody
1: everybody knew that Dan was gonna knock it out of the park, and he absolutely did. RJ says Dan understood the assignment. <laughs> Darn straight he did. See, this is this is awesome. This is the joy of food simile, is the lights up the comments and everyone goes, Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, that's so good. I'm just going ahead and putting you out. Last time, I really feel like I nailed it this week. The one that I have is not as good as Dan's, (laughs) just so you're aware. So I should have gone first. But my food simile for this week is the Bills free agent signings make me feel like I'm in elementary school and I'm learning the food pyramid again. When you learn the food pyramid, which, by the way, is incredibly insane. Like, as you get older, you realize the food pyramid is just completely bonkers. But you look at the very bottom of the food pyramid, and they say, this is the foundational piece of nutrition. And it's, what is it? It's carbs. It's hearty breads and rice. And it's pastas. And it's heavy stuff. And that's exactly what the Bill's free agent signings have been. They have been almost exclusively players that play on the line of scrimmage. And Brandon Bean has openly said the game is won and lost in the trenches. Sean McDermott has said, control the line of scrimmage. Every single time the Bills win a game, and after the game, he's asked about keys to victory, he will say, I think we did a good job of controlling and resetting the line of scrimmage. When the Buffalo Bills lose a game and he's asked to comment on that, he'll say, I just don't feel like we did a good job of controlling the line of scrimmage. I feel like they did a good job of controlling the line of scrimmage. He'll tip his cap to the other team's ability to do the thing that he wished he was able to do and his team was able to do. So for me, it's a foundational piece. It's the very bottom of the food pyramid. For those traditionalists who believe that the game is won and lost, not on the boundaries, but in the trenches, it's a lot like the traditionalists who look at the food pyramid and go, yes, carbohydrates are the foundation of all nutrition. We can have a completely separate discussion about whether or not that's actually accurate, but for the purposes of this discussion, that was my food simile. Now,
2: I know it's not as good as yours, Dan, but, but what do you think? Did I do okay? I thought it was great. It, it, it also is the point of the Bills' defense specifically, and I think it's it, we're talking about a defense and kind of revamping a defensive line. Let's not forget they were still the number one ranked defense, and and being kind of joked around about that today when he addressed the media um, for the first time since the trade deadline. And, And the fact of, look, like we did a lot of good things defensively, but the Bills' defense is built like an upside down food pyramid. Normally, you build your defense up front, you build it to the middle out, or you build it pretty much front to back. The Bills' defense for the last three years, even when it's been good has always been built back to front. The Bills' defense has not been run or anchored by Tremaine Edmonds as much as people want it to be. It's been anchored by Poyer and Hyde. Th- th- that's who's anchored this defense. That's why, for the most part, they didn't really get burned minus a Tampa Bay game when Trey White went down because they've got two of the best safeties in the game. Like, that's huge. Now, they've gotten gashed in running plays by, by running teams. Like, I'm not-, I'm not bringing any hot takes here. But when you start to add, like you talked about, carbs, big meaty carbohydrate driven guys that's going to help this defensive line and you know what I know a lot of people were um myself included looking for that that corner right they they need to sign a starting corner um you know what helps corners cover getting to the quarterback quicker right Bruce like, like that that's the yeah. other way if you don't think there's there there's value or or you don't like a corner out there the way that you can make your corners better is by getting to the quarterback and making him uncomfortable. So I think the Bills have addressed that, their corner position in a weird way by not addressing it.
1: Yeah, those two things are inversely correlative, right? The the better coverage you have, the less pass rush you need, and the better pass rush you have, the less coverage you need. Because <laughs> it's all about time. Everything's about time. And if you have a quarterback who has to get the ball out in two seconds, then you're at less risk. But at the same time, if you have, corners who can cover longer, then you're again, you're at less risk. So those two right. things, of course, operate functionality with each other. So in the comment section, they're, they're ready. They're, they're ready for your video here, Dan. They said it's the video that Dan shared a few moments later, Vaughn Miller. Yes, I made a comment about this video that you just posted on Twitter not too long ago where Brandon Bean was like, yeah, you know, I don't think we're going to make a big splash. But wait. <laughs>
2: Spongebob, <laughs> but wait, there's a few more. moments later.
1: <laughs> What's up, Buffalo? Oh, happy to be here. Yeah, just happy to be here. Carl says, yeah, we didn't beg, frantically deleting all of my tweets, begging Chandler Jones to come to Buffalo. No, of course not. No, we didn't. But the important thing is that you didn't see Josh Allen out here openly pulling a Matthew Judon because you didn't need to. The story that Albert Breer dropped about the combine was there for a reason. Do you really think that those two are the only people in the world who care? Because like Dan said, you saw Josh Allen have two of the best playoff games ever immediately followed by an incredibly likable public spot at the NFL awards. I mean, this is a guy you want to play with. You're like, okay, so hold on. He's going to jump over linebackers, right? He's going to leave it all on the field, and he's not going to be like an absolute diva? Sure, I'll sign up to play for that guy. I mentioned on a different show not too long ago that there is a growing divide between quarterbacks and the remainders of team due to money. And one of the things that Josh Allen has is the ability to relate to people of all sorts of shapes and sizes. Ryan Fitzpatrick had this. Ryan Fitzpatrick could talk to anybody in the locker room. It was openly talked about that everybody was able to get along with Ryan Fitzpatrick. It didn't matter what stage of life you were in. It didn't matter if you were a 22-year-old just out of college or a 36-year-old with five kids. Ryan Fitzpatrick could relate to you. And Josh Allen's got that. And if he's got that and he's a warrior on the field, people are going to want to play with that
2: yeah and it's also the fact that like I know like in the comments they're talking about like we weren't begging fans were begging yeah I, I think fans especially Bruce felt maybe a little burned because of last year how close they were in the J.J. Watt sweepstakes and then it was like okay well, we didn't get J.J. Watt but like oh we're in in Chandler Jones and then and then you don't get Chandler Jones and then all of a sudden like I said I went to put my daughter to bed phone died I was like oh it's the end of the day like it's fine and then Bean drops this bomb and getting Von Miller now the one thing that stood out to me the most yesterday was how much Von Miller talked about the Rams. He named pretty much everybody in LA's organization and how much he loved them. Like, and he even said like he was uneasy about the signing up until he put the the ink to the paper and got to shake Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott's hand and meet Leslie Frazier and all that stuff. Like that was telling to me that this was a guy he even said he goes, his brother was with him and his videographer, and they're like, Why aren't you smiling on the flight? It it was a big thing for him. But what made him change was Josh Allen. What what they're doing here in Buffalo now, 120 million other reasons. But this this was I, I thought you talk about what Josh Allen is how special he can be is to pull somebody away from LA. Like this is I know it's been talked about, but like that's crazy. Like the fact that the Bills are not paying. This isn't a Mario Williams over signing somebody. Like I get Von Miller's 32 or, or whatever he is. It's a three year deal. Like, like Von Miller's is getting paid. There's still time with him. They, there is still a lot of football left in his tank as we saw in the playoffs. So, but the, the fact of Josh Allen and it's Stefan Diggs and it's the relationships that they've built um, and, and it's their, their words. Uh, um, I, I keep going back to the fact of what Stefan Diggs was when he came here and Josh, how he said, how misunderstood he was like, that's the kind of family Jordan Phillips talking about how he didn't find happiness and that he, his happiness was back in Buffalo. Like, All of those things just really stood out to me yesterday, listening to these guys sign their contracts. And it also funnels back to every single person said, Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the league. And they're not just blowing smoke up his skirt. Like it's real. John Curran, thank you so
1: much for the super chat, man. I really appreciate that. Thanks for being a part of this, and thanks for your engagement. Patton says, I low-key love all the former Bills coming back. I expect Kyle Williams and Zoe to be announced as coaches (laughs) Monday. People want to be in Buffalo, and that is so, so special. It has been decades. Yes. This is why culture is a real thing. Culture matters. You've been part. You have been part of work cultures that were good and work cultures that are bad. I guarantee it. And so it's hilarious to me that we've all experienced it on our own, but we somehow think that NFL locker rooms are somehow so vastly
2: different from all other workplace in the world. That culture can somehow not penetrate it. You no know, hand up though. When this Sean McDermott process started and that first year it was, I covered Rex's final year. And then I got Sean's first year. uh was when I really started covering the beat um, here in Rochester. I thought it was all BS. I thought these these campfire kumbaya stories, and I, and I remember it. Like I can be wrong. I can admit to be wrong. It's just the fact of like they're, they're having these storytelling's and they're they're talking about one another. These morning meetings and all this stuff. And I was like, you know, culture. Like what 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 do you care about relationships? Like just have more talent. I was wrong. Like like and that's another reason why. And maybe this is for another show, but like that Sean McDermott wants to come to Fisher to get away and to have control and to have that bonding. And guess what? There is a lot of change. And that this team is absolutely in its playoff window, Bruce, but teams have rebuilds in their window that, that they'll change. Like, like new England had like two rebuilds, two, three rebuilds in their time where they won all of their Bowl wings with, with Brady. So like we're starting to see, even though this is a top tier defense, no question asked, and a top tier offense, you're going to tweak. Like last year, we thought John Feliciano and, and, And Cody Ford, like this offensive line, like they're under contract for three more years. It it didn't happen. They're retooling. And they're retooling and they're retooling. And it's a credit to Bean. It's a credit to McDermott. And now this is their time where they have to also build that chemistry because there's a lot of new faces. There's some new coaches, crucial positions to get set. So my wife and I had hot dogs tonight.
1: And for those of you who are not familiar with the Bruce method of cooking hot dogs, the answer is to cook the hot dog in the air fryer and for half the time, then take it out, put it in the bun, put it in the air fryer, and then cook the rest of it in the bun, in the air fryer. That's the way to do it. You get a perfect all-around cook. You get that exterior texture. One of the things that grilling doesn't ever really get you is it gets you texture on the top and texture on the bottom, but doesn't get you texture on the sides. Well, if you get a pressure cooker or a air fryer, You can get all around texture, all around cook, and you also get the benefit of having the bun a little bit cooked. So that's delightful. That's the method by which to do it. But the reason I bring this up is because I thought it was funny. I went over to get my plate and there were three hot dogs on my plate tonight. And I was and I laughed for a second. She said, well, you're going to end up eating three anyway. She said, so I'm not going to make you go back for seconds. I'm going to put, go ahead and put three of them, and then we we'll give you a separate plate for your sides, for your baked beans and your pasta salad, because I'm not going to make you go back for seconds. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about going back for seconds, because Brandon Bean said, hey, you know, um, we're pretty much at the cap today. Like, that's, that's where we're at. We're at the cap today. And he was including the backup quarterback that they may sign. Might be Matt Barkley. But... That doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't things that you wouldn't want to see addressed still on this team before the draft comes around. So as you look at the first wave of free agency and, hey, okay, it's pretty much done. And the reason I know that is because they had a press conference and they usually have a press conference after like the first wave, knowing that there's probably something else coming. Where are you keeping your eye and are there players that particularly pique your interest right now, Dan?
2: Yeah, the big one is is addressing still another weapon uh, as as wide receiver. I, I, I like Isaiah McKenzie. Um, I know he doesn't want to be known as a gadget option on an offense. That that's kind of what he is. Um, he, he's a good guy to fill in, but I don't think you want to go to camp with him as your number three option or or or, or where that that's heading. Um, I, I'm still looking at adding more and more and more and more and more pieces to Josh Allen. I always just thought, you know, when people say I look at what the Packers have done and how they've alienated Rodgers for years of just not putting talent around him and not drafting well and not giving him free agents. And, and it's almost like they've said, we've got Aaron Rodgers He'll fix all of the bruises on our banana because he's that guy and he's that good. And you just fix it all, Aaron. And I just think that's the most irresponsible way to do it. You just invested a quarter of a billion dollars in Josh Allen. Now give him more and more resources to succeed. So you got rid of Cole Beasley. I agree. Look, this is just the way the NFL is. Uh, th- th- there's no sentimental contracts in the NFL. Um, I still think that there's another need for that slot receiver, that mid-range re- receiver. And I know it's it's polarizing. I, I, I know that that Nate's talked about it. Jarvis Landry fits, and he fits really well. Um, I, I have a source that, that there is mutual interest. I'm not the only one reporting it, but there is mutual interest. Um, I know he's got interest from a lot of teams, but I, I just really think Jarvis engine would fit that, that slot role, that toughness, like he kind of feels like Buffalo. I know the cheap shot to Aaron Williams is still on, on, on Bill's fans minds, but he is a guy that like, I, you need to keep putting weapons around Josh Allen and OJ Howard is it's fine. Um, I don't really know what you're going to get with him. I think Dawson Knox is head and shoulders better than him. Um, but but I'm still looking for a, maybe a, a safety net. Uh, another guy in the passing game that can be a blanket for Josh Allen that Cole Beasley was. Um, I think Cole Beasley did a lot to mature Josh Allen and, and teach him how to read defenses. And he's kind of ran its course. Um, I, I, but another guy, just smart, tough. Jarvis Landry, I think just fits a lot.
1: In the comments, we have Carl saying, as Bruce would say, we should draft a running back in the first round this year. You know what? I'm starting to think you guys hate me and you show up to this show on Friday specifically to troll me. And you know what? That's okay. I will be your lightning rod of hate. I'm completely cool with that. You know what they say? You know, if they love you or they hate you, they still watch you. So I guess, I guess I'll just take it. Autumn says, would you consider Cordero Patterson? I think Cordero Patterson is an interesting, interesting name. Dan, I'll let you comment on it first and then I'll chime in afterwards.
2: Yeah, I love it. I, I think he fits uh, both needs. Uh, I, I think he could be that. You're talking about speed. That's what Brandon Bean has said this entire offseason. That's what he said the last two years is adding speed, not only on defense, but it's on offense as well. They really haven't had that burner really since since John Brown left. And even at times, you know, he was banged up, so he didn't really have that over-the-top speed. I think he'd be a great running back 1A, 1B. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. He could play the slot. He's played all over. I love that option. and because. And and another thing you could add Patterson to uh, if you wanted to put him on the outside and you can move digs inside at times. Like there's just a lot of versatility that you could do with Patterson. And we know how much Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean love versatility. It's if you're a wrestler or if you are versatile. Those are the two things.
1: Someone quick tell me whether or not Cordero Patterson did any wrestling. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to. I know he didn't <laughs> do any wrestling, but I agree. The, the fact that you can kill two birds with one stone with Cordero Patterson really makes it appealing to me. I do wonder because it's been so long if maybe the market isn't quite doing for him what he thought it was going to. Um, In addition, I actually think it's a three birds, one stone. One of the things we don't talk a little bit. We don't talk enough about Cordero Patterson is that I have a hot take for you right here. The hot take is this Cordero Patterson is the best return man in the history of football. Now, you're going to think that that is blasphemous. You're going to say Devin or Oh, what are you? Go do me a favor. Just go look up Cordero Patterson's return average versus some of the greats and realize that it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And he's been doing it for a really long time. This is not a flash of the pan for two years. This is not Dante Hall, ladies and gentlemen, where the human joystick took over the NFL for about eight weeks. Dante Didn't Hall. Is just Jeremy Lin. That's what it is. It's Lin's sanity, baby. It's Hall sanity. X-Factor, right? The human joystick, right? He was really popular in Madden for like two seconds when I was younger. But it's not Dante Hall. Cordell Patterson has been really good every single year at returning kicks and punts. And you know what? I would very, very much. There it is. Kendall, Right in the comments. Three birds. He can kick return too. two. There it yep. is. I have a question about returner. I have a question about slot receiver. I have a question about running back. I also have one player who can fix all three of those things. And because he's listed as a running back, you might think that I'm not interested because I don't want to pay running backs, but I am cool paying wide receivers. (laughs) Yeah. So we're just going to call him a receiver and we'll be completely okay. Christopher in the comment section says, Bruce, should those of us on team coverage be worried about how much money is being put into the defensive line? Love watching live for the for the first time. First off, thank you so much for being here live. No, I don't think you should be worried because this is not an uncommon Brandon Bean thing. Brandon Bean has gone back to the free agency well with defensive line every single year. Like Dan said, keep retooling, keep retooling, keep retooling. He keeps going back to it. And when it doesn't work, he cuts them and moves on. I don't think that you need to be worried about that because he did give a you know, fairly large contract Travius white people forget because he was only the highest paid cornerback for like eight seconds, but he was the highest paid cornerback in football for a brief moment. And I do think that as much as they like Dane Jackson, I do think there's going to be some sort of either draft or free agency assets put there. So I don't think you need to panic, Mm -hmm. but I will say this. They've shown their hand. They they've said a million times that the game is won and lost in the trenches. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much clearer they need to be that they're not team coverage; they're team pass rush.
2: Yeah, and it, the the con- concerning thing to some respects is that Bean has done a phenomenal job drafting. He's also spent a lot of draft capital on the D line that just hasn't mm. produced what we've been hoping, and that goes back to whether it was Zed Oliver or you know. And granted, Ed had a much better season this year deserving of picking up his fifth-year option, all those things. The future, again, now adding in Von Millie, you you hope the future continues to rise for Ed Oliver. But we all know that he had a season and a half where he wasn't meeting what we hoped for out of the ninth overall pick. And then AJ Panessa hasn't really done much. Greg Russo, again, very early, all of those things. But there, there has been some concern, Bruce, that, that, he, that he keeps spending a ton of draft capital that it hasn't seen a ton of the return on the flip side, the one thing, and it was, we were just talking about it over on Buffalo plus um, Dane Jackson is really interesting to me because maybe they like Dane Jackson more than they're leading on. And maybe Dane Jackson will be the new Levi Wallace. And I mean that in the sense of every single person was waiting for Levi Wallace to be replaced. Got to replace Levi, got to replace Levi. You got to bring in somebody to compete with Levi. You got to, and Levi just kept winning the job. Like Levi just outplayed and hats off to Levi. I wish he got a bigger contract because he deserved it. But that was always the thing where we we're like, well, they need to get somebody. And Dane was part of it maybe, but there just wasn't enough there. And maybe look, Dane filled in nicely. I thought in spots when Tredavious went down and Dane was on the podium when all five of the secondary, you know, were celebrating their, their division title because he was a part of it. I think he's played well in spots. Uh, is that enough to inhibit them or prevent them from taking a corner in the first two rounds or, or bring in another veteran? Because that's what they did with Levi. You know, they, they brought in veteran after veteran and Levi just kept batting them away. Um, maybe they like Dane Jackson more than, than, than we all do.
1: Carl, thanks so much for the super chat, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, Carl says that I talked him out of a first round running back guy. So listen, I'm spreading the gospel. That's really what it boils down to. You know, it's it's part of my responsibility is to spread the good word and part of it's not taking a running back in the first round. Liam says, what Madden did you play as a teenager, Bruce? You'll notice I said, you'll notice I said when I was younger, I never said teenager and nice try FBI. I so going back to the comment section, I mean, Autumn says, isn't that what we were hoping for from McKissick, running back, catching the backfield, kick returns. If the Bryce mm-hmm. can be similar, hopefully they go Patterson. I think that's the rub. The price isn't going to be similar. So they may have earmarked a specific number for this role and said, hey, we're willing to go there. Three and a half million per season with maybe a little bit of incentives there with McKissick. Cordell Patterson's not going to get that deal. Now, he may get lower than he thinks because that's why he's hanging out. I think Rashad Penny has probably also found the, the number a little bit colder for him in the market than he would otherwise like. But. What we've seen from the negotiations that you've had with Brandon Bean, what he said out loud, and what other players and agents have said about his style is he has a number and he won't go over it. When Harrison Phillips said a goodbye post to the Bills Mafia and to Buffalo, he flat out said, when it became clear that other teams were going to value me more than the Bills. So the Bills said, hey, here's the number we have for Harrison Phillips. And he said, well, you know, talking to other teams, I – I think I can get more than that. And they said, Hey, you know what? Good luck to you. It's the same thing that happened with Shaq Lawson. It's the same thing that happened with Jordan Phillips. So we know this is how Bean operates. So for me, when I look at Brandon Bean and I look at the JD McKissick scenario, I think to myself, he may have earmarked a specific amount of money for this role. And he's just not going to go there unless he thinks that maybe there's a different role for
2: Cordero Patterson. There's a, there's a running back that I like. What's your take on running backs in like the second round or the, the third round I'm fine with it yeah All right. I'm fine with it I like I like this Max Borgie guy out of was yes
1: yes okay so I think Borgie I think Borgie is a is probably a day three guy and I think he's Jay McKissick light and I think that the bills probably talked to him at the combine and then immediately went out and tried to get a free agent that reminded them of him and if they didn't then they could have someone like that I'm a big Ty Chandler guy from New York uh, North Carolina as well Obviously, if you really wanted to, if you wanted to play with the big boys and running backs, I don't think this is a hot take. I'm ready for it. I don't think there's going to be a running back taking the first round this year.
2: No way. I I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think Brees
1: Hall and Isaiah Spiller and Kenneth Walker are pretty much a lot of people's consensus. Top three. I'm lower on Brees Hall than most. I'm higher on Spiller than most, but none of them are Najee Harris. I don't think any of them are Javante Williams, quite frankly. So for me, I think that you might, there's a chance you might have your pick of running backs in the second round, very similar to the year where it was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, and DeAndre Swift. There was a possibility. Now, the Bills had a shot at J.K. Dobbins and decided to pass on him for A.J. Epinesa, but there's a chance that in the second round, there is an opportunity there to get a meaningful running back. If you want to play in that space now, I don't think they do because if they did, I don't think they'd be going for JD McKissick, but if yeah. they did, it's there.
2: Well, it's funny. Cause you talk about, I hate running the football. Uh, if anybody follows me on Twitter, I, I believe it is team throw the ball 75 times a game. Josh Allen's your best player. Why would you ever take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands? Um, Warren Sharp, who I've talked to a bunch talks about the analytics behind um, the, the the negative side of running the ball on first down and and so on and so forth. Um, but I, I'm with playmaker. Like if, if, if you want to call Max Borgie a playmaker, and again, I'm not, I'm not some all 22 guy breaking down college football film, but when I got to see him and, and I talked to him at the NFL combine and, and his face kind of lit up when he's like, Oh yeah, I've talked to Bill several times. And I went back and like watched the interview that I, that I had with him. And he's like several times I've talked to them. So it's like, Oh Okay, and then you start to watch oh. his game, and and he caught he caught, <laughs> 157 passes at Wazoo in his college career. <laughs> now, part of that is Mike Leach's offense, okay? So you have to factor that in. But I went back and looked at what Stefan Diggs and how many catches he had at Maryland. He had 150 in his career. This running back caught seven more passes <laughs> than that. It's just insane. He looks like Christian McCaffrey's brother. And the fact is they both went to the same area. They both consider themselves um they're they're white running backs. Uh they they look very similar. They they're both similar build, about 5'9 to 5'10. But this guy was he was first team all pack 12. Um, he's special when he gets the ball in his hands. And you, you looked at it, it's funny. I, I've talked about how I think CJ Spiller was like ahead of his time. Like CJ Spiller in today's NFL would just be you know, people will be salivating over him. Um, And that's what I think you're trying to find, whether that, that, whether, you know, multiple people and that I've spoken to, like the bills were really seriously in on Travis Etienne last year. Again, another guy that could do a bunch of different things. Um, And and so, like I said, you could flex Borgie into the slot at times. You could, you know, give him passes out of the backfield. So I'm looking for somebody like that. I would hate to say you're wasting high draft pick on a running back because it will make me throw up. But if I can spin it like you, like like you do with, with Cordell Patterson and say a wide receiver, I'm with you. I want a playmaker. That's what I'm looking for. So I'm...
1: I'm oftentimes thinking that I'm going to be underappreciated until after I'm gone, but I think that my memes will hold the test of time. They will stand through the test of time. And two relevant memes to this is the first one is I actually posted the pictures of, it's funny you say Christian McCaffrey. I posted the pictures of Max Borhe and Christian McCaffrey next to each other. I said, Brandon Bean took one look at this guy and said, can I trade up to number eight to get him? (laughs) Because they look so similar. And the second thing was you said, you said that you want to call him a weapon, right? I did a meme last year where it was the guy who was putting the flex tape on the leaky water coming out and it the, the guy who's putting the flex tape on it says drafting a running back in the first round and the flex tape says just call him an offensive weapon instead.
2: <laughs> it's, it's just call it's him so- a weapon. It's so perfect because there they they were reporters there at the NFL Combine, and I got to duck out shortly after this, Bruce, but thanks again for having me on. It was so funny because the reporter at the NFL Combine um, was from the Colorado area. I didn't know that Max Borgie and as well as Christian McCaffrey are both from that, that Colorado area. So he said like, oh, you, you guys are you guys are similar. Have you ever spoken to him and, and all those things? And, and you, you talked about how you have the meme of, of Borgie and, and McCaffrey next to each other, and and Max answered the question by saying like, yeah, I've talked to him a lot. You know, we both model our game after one another. We're both from the Denver area. And there was like a pause. And I'm like, are we not going to address the fact that they look like twins? <laughs> They're like, yeah, like we're both from the same area. We both have a similar style of play. It's like, and, and you guys could be like, I, you guys look identical. <laughs> like, like I don't know what you're saying. Like, like, we're not going to address like the giant elephant in the room that you guys look like you could are stunt doubles for one another. So, yeah, I'm a big Max Borgie fan. Thank you so much for having me on. I got to get ready to do the news. I hope to be on again. Uh, Love this show. Love what you and Nate do. So I I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me on, man.
1: Dan, thanks so much for being here, guys. I appreciate it, man. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check.
0: Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like
1: the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You guys might not know this, but Dan was at the station right now. He, he hopped on the show with me from a back room at the station. That's the kind of guy Dan Fates is that he's at the station getting ready to go on the news and he carved out 25 minutes of time to sit here and talk to me on a live YouTube show. That's the kind of dude that Dan Fates is. So please go to Twitter at Dan Fates, D-A-N-F-E-T-E-S, W-H-A-M channel 13. That's where Dan is. You can find him there and you can find that level of energy, competence, General likability and intelligence from Dan at that point. I promised you that we were going to get into some other stuff tonight because there's going to be an uncomfortable conversation at some point. And I wanted to make sure that Dan was gone before we had this conversation because I didn't want him to feel awkward in the conversation that we might have to have right now. And that is, we need to talk about the biggest. News in the NFL today, which was Deshaun Watson getting traded from the Houston Texans to the Cleveland Browns for a boatload of picks and signing a record setting deal with the Cleveland Browns, fully guaranteed five years. The first year of which has a base salary of $1 million, so that in the event that he gets suspended, It will be taken from the smallest year of his salary. There's a quote that has always really kind of hit home with me, and it's by an old philosopher. And he specifically said, you can resolve to live your life with integrity. Let your credo be this. Let the lie come into the world. Let it even triumph, but not through me. And so my disappointment coming from Cleveland comes from the fact that they didn't wait to find out if Deshaun Watson had actually done anything. They just waited to find out if Deshaun Watson was going to be in jail. The franchises who waited to make sure that there weren't going to be criminal charges before everything heated up with Deshaun Watson, Those franchises weren't waiting because they cared whether or not he did it. They waited for civil suits and preponderance of the evidence, if they cared about that. If they cared about whether or not he actually did it, they'd wait until the entire process had played itself out. But they didn't. Because they didn't care about whether or not he actually did it. They just wanted to know whether or not he'd be in jail. They cared far more about Watson's availability. Than they did his culpability. And Cleveland helped facilitate this by minimizing any financial impact of potential league discipline through the contract that they gave him. I'm disappointed in the Browns. I'm disappointed in the Panthers. I'm disappointed in the Falcons. I'm disappointed in the Saints. I'm not disappointed at the NFL. Some people say, well, you need to suspend them for three years, suspend them for the lifetime. Suspensions and disciplinary measures are collectively bargained. If the NFL and the players and the Players Association, if they wanted different styles of punishment, they could have collectively bargained for that. But they didn't. So you can't look at the NFL and hope that the NFL is going to be some sort of judge and jury. You can't look to them for moral authority in this case. Because they're not going to give it to you. The NFL is not going to give you moral authority. They're not going to be an arbiter of truth and justice and what is right in the world. You're not going to get that from them. You have to hope that teams are going to put their desire to have really good football players beneath their desire to care deeply about making sure that they are putting their employees in good positions and they're not putting their employees in bad positions. That they're caring about the type of people who wear their colors and represent their team and represent their brand. But they know that plenty of people don't care. Plenty of people don't care as long as they win. And they know that. And getting fired is bad and winning is good. And everything else is justified as long as it's in service of not getting fired and winning football games. I am proud that there are plenty of Browns fans who are not feeling good about this. But let's be honest, are there going to be enough Browns fans to actually make an impact? Probably not. Probably not. And that makes me sad. It upsets me greatly. But just remember that these teams... They didn't care whether or not Sean Watson actually did it. They just wanted to make sure that their assets were protected. So the next time we think that maybe we can utilize companies as moral arbiters, just remember that there are no good companies. There are good people. And sometimes companies are run by good people. And sometimes they're run by bad people. And sometimes they're run by people who care about making sure that things are on the up and up, making sure that they don't bring people in to represent their brand, to represent themselves to their customers in a negative light. And sometimes they don't. And I recognize fully that this is not a great way to end this show. However, I thought it would be completely inappropriate for me to not say something on it. And I appreciate all of you. I hope that you will be patient with me if you did not like what I had to say. And I hope that we can all approach this from a level of kindness and a level of patience. Because as Liam says in the comments, you cannot trust a sports franchise to act with integrity. So because of that, Cleveland, you are my biggest loser this week. And the only reason you will not be my biggest loser for the foreseeable future is because I have to pick somebody different. But in the, in the news cycle that we live in right now, you know what? Give it 24 hours. Somebody else is going to do something worse. And then we'll, always, we'll all forget about it. And I'll be rushed under the rug. The first time someone throws a touchdown and does a dance and does the archery symbol, everyone's going to forget about it. And you know what? If you're okay with that, that's okay. I'm not making judgments on you. But I'm not. I'm not okay with it. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to talk to me. Thank you for your engagement. Thank you for everything that you bring to the show. Thank you for taking the time to jump on here with me and Dan. Thank you to Dan for taking time out of his night before he goes on air to be with me. I do not deserve what I get from the guests on the show, from the co-hosts on the show, from the people who listen to this show, but you do it anyway. And please don't ever forget how much it matters to me. So I hope that you enjoyed it tonight. I hope that this was a good show for you. I hope that you're able to enjoy your weekend and I hope you didn't leave hungry.